Thank you for checking out the podcast of Eastern Assembly of God in Baltimore, Maryland. If you would like more information about our church, please visit us at www.easternassembly.org. Well, good morning, Eastern. How are you guys doing this morning? And I'm, I'm excited to have the opportunity to wrap up what I think has been an awesome series that we have been in these last few weeks. Uh, what I wish I would have known, uh, you know, uh, Denitra did an incredible job a couple weeks ago talking about what she wished she would have known about singleness. You guys were here for that? Incredible. Uh, Pastor Ed and Rachel, excellent job last week talking about marriage and, and, and speaking into that. I... When we sat down and talked about this series and Pastor Ed was like, you know, hey, how do you feel about, you know, taking care of the parenting side of this? And I was like, that sounds awful, <laughs> honestly. Um, that doesn't sound fun even a little bit. And he's like, no, come on, you can do it. And I was like, and I thought about it. I'll be honest with you. I thought about it. I was like, you know, I am probably one of the smarter parents. And like, I had one kid. Like, I chose to just have one. Some of y'all out here just, you know, populating the whole earth. It's fine. It's whatever. I'm just saying it's easier for me than it is for you guys. So I'm thinking, well, that's not too bad, but, but maybe I don't really have, you know, some of the same experiences. I haven't raised a bunch of kids, but you know, we talked about it. Next generation ministry has been a huge part of Lindsay and I's lives. I was a kid's pastor. I've been a youth pastor and, and just loving and caring for our students and our kids and seeing things, our own experiences with our own daughter, uh, he talked me into it pretty easily, and I got excited. I said, okay, maybe I can start putting something together, have something that I feel like the Lord's put on my heart to, to share with you guys this morning. And, uh, you know, I, I think that for us, it's, it's the, the biggest struggle is um, trying to understand. Hold on one second. Give me, as I go through my papers real quick, I'm, I think Casey stole some of my stuff. Good mood around. No, we're good. He's good. Um, so I think one of the, the biggest things that I, I dealt with and, 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 and kind of fought through about parenting in and of itself is just that it's, uh, it's always been kind of scary. Uh, any new parents, uh, anyone who, who's a parent for the first time, you know and you recognize kind of how scary uh, some of that stuff can be. I, I'm trying to write this stuff out. I'm trying, I'm talking to God, give me something to say. And I'm thinking back to when we had Kaylee. And uh, you know, when we, we, were, we were young parents, very young parents, we found out that we were having a baby, and it wasn't too scary. I was fine. Honestly, I was fine with it. We went to go find out what we were having, and they told us we were having a girl, and that was, that was terrifying. Um, I actually asked the lady to check again. I was like, no, I don't think you're right. Like, I think you're wrong. And, and no, we had a girl, and that was tough. Um, still is. The, the hard part, too, or really, I think back when we actually had Kaylee, when Kaylee was born, we go to the hospital, and that's when things, like, as a dad, like, that's when things got really real for me. Um, we're in the hospital. We're in the room. You know, it takes a while. This isn't, like, a quick process. So, like, we're waiting around, and Lindsay's, you know, she's struggling. She's doing all the work. I'm not doing anything. I, mean, I don't have anything to complain about. But, like, I'm there, and then the doctors start, like, asking, like, telling me what I'm going to be doing. Like, they're explaining my role to me. They're like, all right, well, Dad, so you're going to come over here, and you're going to, and I'm like, wait, no, what? No. No. And they're like, no, for real, so you're, this is what you're going to do in the, in the birthing process. You're gonna, I said, no, I'm going to be in the chair over there sucking my thumb. Like, y'all got this, and they're, like, telling me what I'm supposed to be doing, and I'm going, you went to medical school. I did not. Like, I work in a grocery store. Like, I don't know if you understand how this works. 
And um, they wanted me to cut stuff. They're like, there's an umbilical cord. I'm like, are you going to come to my job and do my work? That's what I want to know. Like, if you, like, what are you asking me to do? This, it felt really unprofessional, I'll be honest with you. I was struggling with that. Um, it was all for nothing because we ended up going in for, uh, I don't want to call it an emergency C-section, but they kind of rushed us in for a C-section. There were some issues and stuff, and that was super easy. I'll be honest with you. I didn't have to do anything. Um, I just sort of sat there. They gave me like a cool little gown, and it was, that was, I, it was a blast. That was a breeze. Um, we had our kid. She, she turned out all right. You know, where I'm, I'm counting fingers and toes and I'm holding my kid and I'm like, this is so crazy. Like, I made this thing. Like, this is like, it was neat. But then, you know, I'll never forget going, like a couple days later, we're getting ready to leave the hospital and like just how weird it felt pulling the car up. They load the kid up, they put it in the car and then they just let these two young people just take this baby like, they really didn't even ask a lot of questions. They didn't give us any paperwork. Like, there was no, like, instructions. They're just like, take this kid and go. And, like, driving off, I'm just like, this doesn't feel, this doesn't feel right at all. This seems extremely irresponsible. Um, it was, parenting is not, parenting is not easy. It's not. I mean, just ask anyone who's ever done it. Parenting is not easy, and, and, I think about it like this, man. Um, you know, I don't know how th theologically sound this is, but I do believe that when Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and heavy burdened and I will give you rest, he was specifically talking to parents. He was, he was urging them. Because I feel like from the moment my kid was born, there was a lot of, uh, you know, weary and heavy burdened nights and we definitely needed a whole lot of rest. Parenting is hard, it's tough. I think about the people that have made millions and millions of dollars writing books for new parents, telling them all the do's and don'ts, saying whatever they can to ease the minds of those stepping into the biggest and scariest times of their life. But now I want to add to that. Add to that the challenges of trying to raise your child in a godly home in the midst of a very dark world. It only makes it worse. See, it's bad enough as parents. We want to raise a healthy child. We want to raise a good child. But to add to that, to go, no, I, I want my child to be, to be someone with character. I want my child to be someone who, who, who loves God and, 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 and to understand the fights and the struggles that's coming with that. It only makes parenting more scary. And so as I was putting this together, here's my heart I just want to share with you. I, I, my hope is that for those of you in here who have not had kids yet, if, you, if that just isn't, we're not there yet, right? If you have not had kids yet, I hope that some of my past experiences can help you. I hope some of the things that we have to say can help you. For those of you who have had kids, you know the struggle. You're fighting with us. You understand, you get it. And I just hope for some reassurance, some guidance, some help, like, and we're gonna talk about this. We're gonna unpack all this stuff. But for my grandparents, my aunts, my uncles, the fill-in parents, the support system, right? We're gonna talk about that role. We're gonna talk about what that means for those of you that are stepping in. And then specifically, I figured I would just go ahead and address right off the bat, those of you that are the, you know, parents with the perfect kids, you've got it all figured out, parenting's easy, it's a breeze, I don't understand what the big deal is about, I understand that, you can preach next time, come see me after service, we'll talk to Pastor Ed, next time we do this, you've got this, it's all you, I will gladly hand it over, but 
Seriously, we all understand how hard parenting is in today's world, trying to do so with biblical foundations, wanting to raise a child in a godly home with godly values, that you're going to face challenges, you're going to face obstacles, points of frustration. Lindsay and I are still working on an 11-year-old little girl who swears that next year she turns 16. Just talk to her. She'll let you know. We've had our hands in raising and loving and caring for so many different kids, teenagers, advocating uh, for our next generation. I know the difficulties that come with, listen, parents, let me talk to you. I know, I get the struggles that come for just, just wanting your kids to trust you. Just going, could they just trust me just for one second? But no matter what you seem to do, they just don't. You teach these little brats how to talk, and guess what they start doing? They ask why about everything constantly. Why? 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 My kid hasn't stopped. I, have, I can't offer you any help there. I have no idea. There might be an age. I haven't found it yet. Why? 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 Listen, your kids will question you so much, sometimes it makes you question yourself. What do you actually even really know? Nothing, really. Honestly, let's be honest, Nothing. Sometimes it feels like whatever you tell them, they're not going to listen anyway. And so I think it's totally okay for us to be honest with ourselves this morning. And let's just admit for one second that parenting is an experiment. It's an experiment. We're trying the best we can. We're doing the best we can. We, 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 we do whatever, whatever we feel like is possible. And so, so here's the deal. What I've come up with this morning, what I hope to help you with this morning, is I've come up with three things. Throughout all the experimentation, uh, all the different things that we've done to work with, 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 with students, with kids, I've come up with three things that I feel like are pretty strong. Things that if we, we, we take these as some sort of a foundation, I truly believe it can help somebody in here this morning. Amen. So we're going to press in three things that looking back at our own parenting and the time that, that we spent investing in kids, uh, two of these things are things that you do not have to do. They're things you don't have to do. The first two. The last one is, hear me, something you absolutely must do. It's just something you must do. So we're going to go through these things. Uh, we're going to start with the first thing that I found to be true about parenting kids in a godly way, even though despite we are living in a dark world. It's a tough situation. Uh, we, we know it's not easy. We know it's difficult. The first thing you don't have to do, hear me, family, you don't have to parent alone. You don't. And let me encourage you not to. You don't have to parent alone. Our kids live in a big world surrounded by lots of people, and I found that it is incredibly helpful if some of those people were helping and advocating for you along the way. It's incredibly helpful. I know you've heard it said before that it takes a village, and some people are blessed with a very big village. Maybe you have a big family. Maybe you have a lot of support around you. That's awesome. That's awesome if you do. It's a blessing. If not, I have found it to be a huge help when parents have someone else in their corner. Usually, hear me, usually just repeating what it is that they're already saying. And so what I want to encourage you this morning is, is we understand that it takes a village. And, and, and so here's what, I've, what I would like to, you, for you to consider to lean into. Allow the church to be your village. Allow the community of what we represent to be your village. You don't have to parent alone. That I've, I've run into these situations where parents are sometimes upset, and, and I'm dealing with it now. I have a kid who's now moved into youth ministry. She's no longer just tagging around, but she's actually a part of what we're doing. And, and you know, I, I work with teenagers, I talk to teenagers all the time. 
I've always kind of been that voice where parents will get upset. They're like, well, you told them, you know, blah, blah, blah. I said that, and they looked at me like I was crazy. You said it. They looked like it was the greatest thing in the world. I'm like, yeah, because I'm special. It's not that, because now guess what? I say it to my kids. She looks at me like I'm crazy. Somebody else says it to her. It's the greatest thing in the world. We have to stop being offended by that. We've got to stop being upset by that, and we've got to press into that. That it takes a village. And it may sound different coming from a kid's pastor. It may sound different coming from a youth pastor, their small group leader. That's okay. That's not tension. That's a good thing. We should lean into that. Lean into your village. Don't be afraid to allow other people to help you and to assist you along the way because it is a difficult thing to do to try to raise these kids. The reality is what I found to be absolutely true is that your kids are going to find their village regardless. They're going to find their village. It'll either be out in the world full of worldly influence or it can be at church. It can be with people that are trying to guide them in the same direction as you. They're they're leading them in the same path, in the same place that you're already trying to take your kids. Lean into your village. Knowing that, we've got to find the right people and in the right place and get get those people and get our kids inserted in that, pressing into that. Surround your kids with the people who will influence them In a godly way. Take them to church and take them often. Keep them connected. And then I want to encourage you. Invest in those who are investing in your family. Don't take it personal. Lean into it. Press into it. Invest in those who are investing in your family. Make it a team effort. Find out who it is that they're connecting with. Find out who it is that they listen to and include them. Include them. Keep them involved in what's going on at home. Make sure you're speaking the same language. Make sure that they know what's going on. You don't have to parent alone. Find your village. Lean into your village. How much better is it that they're hearing that same encouragement? Sure, it's coming from you. Let it come from someone else too. Don't get upset if they heard it better coming from someone else. At least they heard it. Be grateful that they heard it. Stop trying to do everything on your own. It's okay. You don't have to. Lean into your village. You do not have to parent alone. That's the first thing you don't have to do. I want to encourage you. You don't have to do that. The second thing is a little more difficult. It's a little more personal. The second thing that I believe that you honestly don't have to do and something that I've fought with a lot, even in my own personal life, is you don't have to repeat your past. That's hard as parents, to understand that. It's hard as parents to grasp that and to get a hold of of what I'm saying here. Good or bad, we're always going to be a product of how we were raised. It's just who we are. We're always going to be a product of how we were raised. And, And, but I want you guys to understand, our kids are growing up in a different world. Our kids are growing up with different lives, different technologies, different problems. And to try to just repeat the types of parenting that we received growing up, it's just not going to work. It's just not. It's not there. And it's two-sided. I want to make sure I hit both sides of this because I feel like both are equally as important. Hear me. If you grew up in a home that you know wasn't good, then I think it's super easy to want to do better for your kids, to give them something different than what you received growing up, to give them a better life, to give them something just more. Let me encourage you. You can do that. 
you can and you should do that. That's one of the, the, the blessings of being a parent is you can give your kids more. You can give them something better. If you grew up in a home that didn't prioritize God, guess what? You can change that. You have the ability to do something different. If you grew up in a home that wasn't loving, it wasn't affectionate, maybe that's just not how we did things, and I understand that. I get that. That's something that happens, and we deal with these different. We're all a product of how we were raised. We experience those things, but guess what? You can change that. You don't have to just do the same things that you got when you were growing up. You have the ability to change that. You don't have to repeat your past, but let me be clear about one other thing. It's not just those who had a bad home growing up or, or things weren't perfect or things weren't great. Let me be really clear about this. I want to make sure uh, that I say something to those of you who were raised in a good home. You were raised in a Christian home, a loving home, a godly home. Things were good. Your kids are not you. They're not you. Just because something worked for you does not mean that it's definitely going to work for them. Time have, times have changed, and so have our kids. They're different. They're dealing with different experiences. They're dealing with different things. They have different struggles. They have different temptations. They have different everything. It's different for them. And parents, let me tell you, in today's world, you have no choice. You've got to be involved now more than ever. I don't care how you grew up. I don't care what things were like when you were growing up. It is different out there now. And your level of involvement has got to be deeper than really anything we experienced growing up and when we were raised. You can't afford to not learn the new technologies. You can't afford to not keep up with what's going on in their day-to-day -day lives. You have to learn how to use their social media. You have to know what their life is like. You have to know what their problems are, what they're dealing with. Because I promise you, hear me, I promise you, it's changed since you were a kid. It's changed. It's different. It's not the same. I use these two things as an example. For some of us in this room, school might have been a safe place for you. It might have been a safe place for you. It might have been somewhere where you felt comfortable. It was okay. That's not necessarily the case for all of our kids anymore. It's not the same. I, told, I was telling Lindsay, we were talking about this before we moved up here. Uh, we had taken a trip and I went back home to where I was raised. I, was, I, was, I spent a lot of time in a town in North Alabama when I was raised when I was younger. And uh, I was like, Kaylee was 10 at the time. And I was, I was talking about, man, when I was 10 years old, I used to, like we're driving these streets, I'm like I used to ride my bike. I used to go blocks. Like I would get up in the morning and I would be gone. Like I'd be gone, gone. I, who knows where I was gonna eat? I'd eat lunch at somebody else's house. It just happened. Where was I gonna be at that point during the day? I wouldn't come back until the streetlights came on. I would be gone. My daughter's not allowed to walk to the church by herself. Like, she's not like, it's, times are different. Things have changed. Times have changed, families, and so should we. We have to change too. Just, and it's tough because I think sometimes we struggle with this. But let's be honest with ourselves, right? Just because we had parents doesn't make you an expert in parenting. No more than being a kid made you an expert in raising one. Our kids are living in a new world that requires new parenting. And hear me, because this is tough. I get that it's hard. But that's okay. It's okay for things to be new. 
It's okay for things to be different because we don't have to repeat our past. We find out who our kids are and we do what works for them. It's, an, it, it, it's tough for sure. It's tough for sure, but, but, but they're worth it, right? We care about them enough to want to figure this thing out and do what's best for them. You don't have to repeat your past. Two things that I feel like you don't have to do. You don't have to do it by yourself, and you don't have to just do what you've always done, what you've always known, what you've always seen. You don't have to repeat your past. Those are things you don't have to do. The last one's a little more important. The last thing I have for you this morning is something that you must do. I, th I feel like this is a non-negotiable. May I step on some toes this morning? Possibly. But th th this, is, this is not, there's, there's no room for error in this. And so I'm going to be bold when I say this. Listen, you must set the example. You have to. You absolutely have to. There's no, there's, there, there's no way around this. If you want to raise godly kids in a very ungodly world, then you cannot ask them to do something that you won't do yourself. You just can't. Your kids are watching you. They see you every day. And whether or not that we want to admit it, the older our kids get, the more like ourselves that start to show in them. And it is annoying. It is frustrating. It's worse when your wife just loves to remind you constantly. Every time she says or does something wrong, I'm telling you, it's, where have we heard that before? I wonder where she got that. Oh, that sounds familiar. And it's never like when she's doing something good, it's like, oh, she got straight A's on her report card. It's like, nope, nothing, silence. Oh, man, she helped that lady at church. Nope, nothing, quite. But she talks back and runs her mouth. Doesn't, man, I wonder where she got that from. Oh, that sounds, that sounds like something I've heard before. It's frustrating. I've said this many times. Listen, I get it. I, I love my daughter. She's sitting over there mad at me right now. It's fine. Um, I, I love my daughter. I've said so many times that she has helped me realize just how annoying I actually am. Like, if there's ever been in doubt, like, how, like, I feel for you guys because y'all have to know me. And I'm like, if I'm, if I'm, you know, whatever, it's fine. It's tough. She's just like me. She's just like me. And it's annoying. But man, our kids, they watch you. They watch you. And truthfully, like, listen, guys, whether you have kids or not, whether you, you have kids right now and you're raising them, whether you're going to be raising kids, no matter what, we understand we want our kids to be good kids. Amen? We want our kids to be kind. Amen? We want them to be loving. Amen? Forgiving. Generous. Caring. We want our kids to know Jesus. Amen? We do, don't we? We want our kids to know scripture. How about that? We want our kids to know scripture, amen? That's what we want for our kids. We want that. We want our kids to know scripture. We want them to pray, right? We want them to be a light in a dark world, amen? Okay, how much of that do we represent as parents? I'm just, I'm, I'm just asking. I want us to stop and think about this. We say these things that we want from our kids. How much of that do we represent to our kids? How much of that shows in us? How much of that do our kids see in us? I'm sure you've heard it said before that you teach what you know, but you replicate who you are. You reproduce who you are. You replicate who you are. And too many times we want to teach our kids things that we're not willing to replicate in our own walk. And we wonder why it fails so often. We want to teach our kids to prioritize God, but man, we just go to church when we feel like it. 
We want to teach our kids to know scripture, but the only time we open our Bibles is on a Sunday morning. We want to teach our kids to be loving, to be kind and patient, to be slow to anger. And listen, I, I'm fighting through this. I'm bad. If I'm, if I'm not talking to anybody but me, that's fine. Y'all ignore me, but I'll go with this. We want to teach our kids to do this stuff, but the first time they mess up, what do we do? We blow up. We go crazy. We replicate who we are. It's, it's scary parenting. It's tough to parent. It's not easy. I get that, but man, we have to do better. We have to. I, I want to share this with you guys. I'm, gonna, I wanna, I'm being a little honest, uh, a little more vulnerable than I normally like to be. Um, but if I can just kind of share with you guys uh, what Lindsay and I deal with, something that it, it, it's, it's, it's been a frustrating part of our ministry for years, something that we've dealt with a lot. Um, when it comes to wanting to help parents and their kids to advocate for our youth, is it's so difficult when a parent comes to you with their kid who's broken. When they, they come to you and, 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 you know, basically all hell's broken loose in their lives. Things have gotten so bad they don't know what to do. Everything's falling apart. Everything's so terrible and it's so difficult and it's so hard and just things have just gotten to this just absolute breaking point. And they come to us. They want us to fix their kids' problems. They want Jesus to step in at this zero hour. And if I'm being vulnerable, if I'm being honest with you guys this morning, too many times, it's the kids that we've been trying to get connected. We want them to come to church. We, we see them occasionally. We don't know where their parents are. Their parents come sometimes. There's no, there's no commitment there. There's no like... There's no seriousness involved in their walk and in their faith, but they come in when everything's falling apart. And, and, and hear me when I say this. Please hear my heart in this. I don't want to discourage anyone from coming to us. That's never the case. I don't want to discourage anyone. Please, when, when you're dealing with struggles, it's never too late to come to Jesus. It's never too late to come to church. It's never too late to do that. But what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to help you guys. I mean, I'm trying to be preemptive here. I know that you've heard I me. Mean, I'm trying to be preemptive here. I know that you've heard it said that the church is a hospital. And it is. It's a place for the broken. It's a place for the sick. It is a hospital. But parents, can I help you with something? For the sake of our kids, can we please stop treating it like it's an emergency room? Like it's the place that we run to after everything bad's already happened. We wait for everything bad to happen and then we come running in. Can we be more consistent? Can we set the example? Can we stop treating church? Can we stop treating faith? Can we stop treating our relationship with God like it's an emergency room? It's there in case things get bad. As long as things are going all right, man, we'll just live life, do whatever. But oh, this tragic, terrible thing's happening. Have you tried going to church? We gotta be better. We have to set an example. That's only going to happen in the lives of our kids. Our kids are only going to, to truly press into their faith. They're only going to truly walk in their calling if we're willing to set the tone. If we're willing to live it first. 
Wayne, worship team, you guys can start coming up here as we get ready to wrap up. If you want a kind and gracious kid, guys, we've got to be kind and gracious parents. If we want a committed kid who loves the Lord and chases after the Lord and seeks after the Lord, guess what kind of parent you have to be? One that does the same. It starts with us. It starts with us. As parents, we set the example. We set the tone. You've heard Proverbs 22.6 say, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from it. It's a great verse. It's a call to parents. It's the parent's job. It's the parent's responsibility. Train up a child. Set the example. In the way we act, in the way we speak, in the way we live, our kids are watching us. They see us. Parents, I'm talking to you. Aunts, uncles, grandparents. The people in our church who commit themselves to to wanting to care for the next generation. It starts with us and who we are. Sure, we can teach what we know, but we're going to replicate who we are. What are we replicating to our next generation? We get so mad at kids sometimes. Man, these kids nowadays, with their rap music and this and that. Come on, guys. So easy to get upset with kids. It's so easy to point our finger at kids. Who do you think made them that way? It starts with us. Listen, I'll be real honest as we get ready to wrap up this morning. I, I believe in the next generation. I love and care for the next generation. The potential, their heart, who God wants them to be, what they have the ability to do, I believe in them. Let's stop pretending that they're all broken and that they're all, you know, a mess. It's us. In order for them to walk in their calling, our generation has to push through through and disciple them. We have to set the tone. As parents, we have to disciple our kids. As a church, we have to disciple that next generation. It's up to us. What are we going to do? Sit back and just complain about kids, or are we going to do something about it? Are we going to step up? Are we going to set the example? Because it's our responsibility. It's up to us. And so here's what I want to do, man. For altar... I don't. I think it's easy. Okay, yeah, okay, that sounds good. That's all great. But if we're going to set the tone, how are we going to do so? Are we going to make God the priority in our lives? Because it starts with us. So what we're going to do is we're going to open these altars. And here's what I'm going mean, to to everyone in this room. Listen, if you're a parent, I recognize how hard your job is. I know the stress and the burden that you're under please do not miss an opportunity to come to this altar and and bring it to the Lord, to talk to him, to look for the help, to seek the help, to, to, to press in yourself and to say, hey God, let me let this be a reflection moment on myself. Where am I? How committed am I? Do I want my kids to be more committed than what I'm willing to be? 
Check your heart. Check where you are. It starts with us. If you're not a parent yet, don't wait. Start now. Get your stuff in order. Get your things together. Make sure you're good. Because I'm telling you, man, it's so much more difficult to think that your kids are just going to outshine you in some kind of way. Yeah, God's just a so-so thing for me. But, man, my kids, I'm sure they'll really, you know, the the twice a month we come to church is really going to set them on fire. Let's take the opportunity. If you're a grandparent, if your kids are grown, whatever it is, hear me when I tell you, you will always have influence in your kids' lives. Whether they're struggling and they're grown, you're always going to have influence in your kids' lives. And so this is what I want to do. I'm about to pray, and then when I'm done, I want you guys to stand up, and I want you to come up to this altar. I want you to come here and seek God. And I want this church to stand up and say, I'm willing to start right now. I'm willing to start with me. Let's pray together. God, we love you. And God, we're just so, God, grateful for how good you are. And God, for everybody in here who has the opportunity to set the example, who has the opportunity to pour into that next generation, God, to help them, to guide them, to lead them, God, I pray that we would step up to that call, that we would fight hard and do whatever we can, God, to make sure that we have our stuff together so that we can lead them to the right place and in the right direction, God work in us, move in us. Move us, God. Amen. Amen. Family, please join us at these altars. Press in. Give God an opportunity. Set the tone with where you are. And make sure that you have your stuff together. And then go and lead our next generation. Love our kids and lead our kids closer to Jesus.